Hello, this is Anthony Day from Cyber Associates, and welcome to my latest update on CRC, the Carbon Reduction Commitment Energy Efficiency Scheme. Last week I presented on CRC to the Sustainability Directors Conference, that was on the 27th of January, and I had to tell them that the presentation which I had prepared the day before was already out of date. Things are moving rapidly, there's a lot of information, and my objective today is to bring you as far up to date as I can to talk about the impact of the changes to talk particularly about how this is going to affect the public sector and local authorities and I'm also going to end with a plug for the energy efficiency scheme which I'm involved in super smart metering which can help you save money on your energy I can do that because this is my podcast okay let's go back to last September when the Committee for Climate Change prepared a report on Phase 2 of CRC. In fact, what they gave us was a bit more wide-ranging than that. They made some general points. They said that the scheme was already too complex. And they said that introducing the cap-and-trade process in Phase 2 would only make it more complex. And they said that that complexity would not actually improve the level of motivation or incentive towards the participants to make them more efficient. So they recommended continuing without the cap. They also recommended dropping the recycling payment because they feel they felt that this would strengthen the carbon price signal. They pointed out that CRC and the climate change levy and the European Emissions Trading Scheme altogether are making life more and more complicated for larger organisations. An interesting insight that they also came up with was that CRC participants account for only 10% of UK emissions. And at the moment there are only very weak incentives for SMEs to improve their energy efficiency. As you know, in October came the Comprehensive Spending Review. And buried in the document, only a few words, but they've caused an awful lot of reappraisal of what we've got to do for CRC. This is exactly what it says. The CRC energy efficiency scheme will be simplified to reduce the burden on businesses with the first allowance sales for 2011-12 emissions now taking place in 2012 rather than 2011. Revenues from allowance sales totaling 1 billion a year by 2014-15 will be used to support the public finances including spending on the environment rather than recycle to participants. Further decisions on allowance sales are a matter for the budget process. So the two main things are that purchasing allowances is is delayed for at least 12 months and there will be no recycling, there will be no return, which has led a lot of people to say it's just a tax. We have to purchase allowances then in 2012, some time in 2012. It's not specific when, although it's almost certain, it is certain, that it'll be after the end of the financial year, so April onwards. It's not clear whether the purchase will be for the preceding year alone or for the coming year as well, because you'll remember, under the original scheme, the first purchase was for two years. The year just ended and the year just starting. That was scrapped under 
after pressure from the accounting bodies. Since the government's now dramatically increased first-year costs, it may have no reservations about demanding two years now, but I think on balance it probably won't. Certainly local authorities which and other public sector organisations which are coming under pressure, tremendous amount of pressure in view of all the spending cuts, certainly they are very unhappy about now having to find as much as they do to uh, pay to buy their allowances next year. So two years at once would be a step too far. The other issue of course is the price. We've all been working on £12 a tonne. I had a response from CRC, the CRC, sorry, the CRC help desk this morning. It says the current carbon allowance price is £12 per tonne. As this is set by the Treasury we are unable to confirm whether this is subject to change. So we've all been budgeting on £12 a tonne. Probably it will be £12 a tonne next year. But I've heard rumours that it'll be £16 by 2013, 14, 15. It'll be very interesting to see on what basis they set that price. And hopefully they will set it sooner rather than later so that we can budget with some sort of certainty. The performance league table comes to the forefront of everybody's mind because of course the performance league table was the mechanism which determined how much people would recover or how much they would pay as a penalty in relation to the recycling payment. Now there is no recycling payment so people are saying that the performance league table is largely irrelevant. To many people it probably will be. High profile FTSE 100 companies and people like that will probably still work hard to make sure they are well up the performance league table because they will be able to get PR mileage out of it. Other organisations are probably not so concerned. I've seen comment in the press, notice, notably in the Environmentalist, which is the journal of the Institute of Environmental Management and Assessment, where local authorities are quoted as saying they feel they've been conned into going for the carbon trust standard because they put effort into it in order to improve their position in the table now their position in the table is irrelevant so they feel they've wasted their time. I'm not sure I can agree with that altogether because the carbon trust standard is a methodology which encourages efficiency which encourages improved efficiency year on year and quite apart from the recycling payment which after all at the end of the day was pretty minimal in terms of uh, the penalty or the bonus uh, quite apart from that if you are more efficient you will of course spend less on energy you will save money and you will also save the climate change sorry the CRC levy back in November DEC opened a consultation on simplifying the CRC scheme. It was a pretty simple consultation. It had six questions, four of which were fairly arcane and related to very, very limited situations. The other two were, one, do you agree with the government's proposal to extend the introductory phase and the associated amendments? And two, do you agree with the government's proposal to remove the information disclosure requirement? 
The document which contained these questions is still available on the website. I'll put the link on the home page for this podcast. And there's a certain amount of background information. In particular, there's a good chart showing how they are changing the introductory phase. The important thing about it is there's an extra year. It goes right through to 2013-14, which means, of course, that phase two starts later. And while 2010-11 was originally going to be the qualification year for phase two, that's now been slipped out to 2012-13. And instead of having to register now this year, probably by the 30th of September, for phase two, registration for phase two will not now take place until 2013-14. So that gives us a certain amount of breathing space. I have a database of people involved in CRC and I put together a two-minute survey to see what my contacts thought of the questions in this deck survey. I got 23 responses. Given that the database is only about 80, that's not a bad result. Just over half of them, 13 of them, were full participants. Five of them were information disclosures. Five of them were advisors, and I don't know who the other one was. So I asked them these two questions. First of all, do you agree with extending the first phase, postponing the second phase, and aligning the treatment of footprint years? Three said no. All the rest said yes. I asked them for comments as well. Some of, the ob- some, some of them were, uh, were, were quite clear in uh, their discontent. The amendments which move the scheme from being an incentivised reward mechanism to one which simply raises revenue for the public finance is not supported. They need to get on with this. Climate change is not going away. Changing the phases and footprint years is just more fudging. Postponement, the cynics may say, is driven by the lack of initial registrations. The tail could be wagging the dog. Some element of frustration there. By the way, if you did respond to this survey, thank you very much for the information. Again, if people would like a copy of the report with all the reactions, I'm going to put the link to this on the susbiz.biz site, which is where this podcast is hosted. Question two was, do you agree with the proposal to remove the information disclosure requirement? Nearly half said no. Most people said yes, but quite a lot of people said no. And the comments I had back were, whilst this may relieve the burden for authorities, it's a missed opportunity for those companies to become familiar with regular reporting requirements and indeed to assist in their management of their emissions. The information disclosure is a good tool to make these organisations focus on their energy spend. You can only manage what you're monitoring. Well said that man, you can only manage what you're monitoring. And then again, once the CRC threshold drops, many or most will be back in again, so why take them out now and add to the confusion? I've not got any hard evidence on that, but there are certainly rumours and suggestions that the CRC threshold will drop. Because after all, if the present threshold means we're only covering 10% of emissions, there's an awful lot of organisations which are emitting and not being caught. I asked people also to provide general responses. And I've got one here 
from somebody in the public sector. Everything is anonymous, so I don't know who these people are. I only have the I only know whether they're full participants, information disclosures, and so on. This person says there are a number of public sector organisations providing services for local authorities and government departments. We and others run leisure facilities for these bodies. The responsibility for the provision of utilities varies. In some cases the authority contracts and pays suppliers directly. In others the authority contracts and the operator pays the supplier and often the operator negotiates the contract and pays the supplier. In each case, the management fee paid by the authority to the contractor will reflect who pays the utility supplier. However, in every case, it is the authority which ultimately pays the costs of the utilities. The situation is further confused by the special guidance for PFI contracts. Such is the confusion that even though we contract and pay the utility companies directly, it seems that the PFI SPV authority have the CRC responsibility. Debate on this continues even at this late stage. The removal of the recycling payments will have a large and detrimental impact on what can be done to reduce energy consumption at these facilities. The authorities own the leisure facilities but from their perspective often do not pay for the utilities nor are they caught by the CRC. As far as they are concerned they have contracted this problem out. However, as an operator, there is little incentive to invest in energy-saving equipment with a payback of, say, three years in a management contract lasting, say, four years. Any vestigial willingness to invest by the operator has been cut off at the knees by this new tax burden. So we have a stalemate solution where both parties can see the benefits for the environment by investing in more efficient plant, etc. Yet one party has no need to spend their now limited resources and the other can no longer afford to invest. And somebody else says, the absorption of recycling payments has prevented the very thing it was set up to do, namely encourage investment in low-carbon strategies. The loss of 200,000 in a fuel tax can only be accommodated in NHS plans by cancelling capital projects, especially those with no or long payback periods. This is a bad idea. And somebody else says, changing the phases and footprint years is just more fudging. Frankly, I no longer see the need for the carbon reduction commitment scheme at all. Given that it is now a tax, why not just add about 0.6 of a penny per kilowatt hour, which is equivalent to £12 a tonne for grid electricity, onto the, carbon, the climate change levy? Or reintroduce the fossil fuel levy, currently set to zero? This would remove the need for participants to get involved in the burden of reporting, buying allowances, shelling out for allowances in one lump, etc., etc. Mechanisms are already in place for energy supply companies to collect energy taxes and report, so why create duplication? Quite a lot of frustration there, I'm afraid. Of course, we have to remember that the scheme is still in place, even though there will be modifications and they will mainly affect phase two. We still have to produce an evidence pack. I thought it was due in July. I've seen other comments to say it's due in June. I'll have to check that, so will you. But it still has to be prepared. And we still have to have the audit trail and everything else. I've heard that everybody will be audited at least once in three years. Previously they were talking about once in four years. If you remember the original objective of the CRC scheme, they said it was to change behaviour and infrastructure. 
And that's not necessarily a bad thing. If we still change our behaviour and infrastructure, it'll have an effect on the performance league table, which many will say is irrelevant. But of course, it will have financial effects because, as I've said before, if we're more efficient in the way we use our energy, then that's going to save money. That's going to help the bottom line. I believe organizations, it's going to be more difficult for public organizations, but I believe a lot of organizations are, are not only going to have to reduce, reuse and recycle, but they're going to have to re-engineer. And an example which I quoted in my presentation was the DEC energy security model. Again, I'll put a link on the SUSPIS site so you can find it. But that looks at our energy demand, supply and carbon footprint over the years from now until 2050 and it looks at how demand and supply and carbon capture have got to be balanced, re-engineered in order to achieve the objective of the 80% reduction by 2050. That's re-engineering at a macro level. Re-engineering may very well become essential for many businesses as pressures like CRC and indeed pressures like the basic cost of resources and energy make their presence felt more and more. At this point I'll just mention AMRs. You will know where your AMRs are if you're a full participant, your automatic meter readers. Don't waste the information that they provide because of course they can tell you what your consumption is at least to the nearest building to the nearest half hour. That's incredibly valuable. You can see your hotspots, you can see your fluctuations, you can determine whether your base load when everything is supposed to be shut down is realistic. So do use that information. But from my point of view I'm promoting super smart metering which goes to the nearest circuit, to the nearest appliance, to the nearest minute and that can really give you information which allows you to home right in on where energy is being lost and wasted and where improvements can be made. If you want more information about that, my number is 07803 616 877 and there's a link at suspiz.com. As we've said, evidence pack for July, an audit trail, carbon footprint analysis, all these things have still got to be done. Well, we need some clarity, don't we? We really need to have some information. We need to have something we can act on. And we need it soon. And the latest thing that's happened, of course, is that DEC has issued another consultation. It refers on its website. Again, I'll give you the link. It refers to eight documents and websites. And it identifies five areas that need attention. Private sector organizational rules. CRC supply rules, CRC qualification criteria, reducing the scheme overlap between the CRC, the climate change levy and the emissions trading scheme, and the timing and frequency of allowance sales. They want your responses and they want them by the 11th of March. So I do hope that once they've got them we will have some clarity and some definite answers on what's going to happen as far as this scheme is concerned. I'm not sure whether I shall issue another survey. I think a two-minute survey is probably not going to hack it for the amount of detail which they're now going into. Well, the whole thing is uh, 
in flux, it's developing, it's a constantly changing situation. I've been asked to do a webinar on this by the Two Degrees Network, which I'm sure you're familiar with. No date has been set yet, but it will be early March. And, uh, well, I will modify the susbiz.biz page to put details up as soon as it's available. Or you can drop me an email if you want me to make you aware. So that's where we are. Thank you very much for listening to this. The, well, what can I say? The caravan moves on. And as I say, I hope that we will get clarity, we will get decisions, and we can all make our budgets and get on with saving energy rather than the filling in paperwork. My name is Anthony Day. This is Cyber Associates. Thank you for your attention. Details, as I say, www.suspiz.biz.